so sorry to well everyone but mostly julia i just spent a thousand years going through settings on my computer and audacity and skype but we are set and ready to rumble (laughs) we did it we conquered the technology uh we just sometimes they just throw you for loop sometimes they're just like let me just check a box that's tiny and somewhere and is gonna fuck up all of your systems I mean, hey, that's how they get you. That's true. And honestly, I can't even blame them because if I were a piece of technology and constantly being shit talked the way that I shit talk technology, I'd want to fuck with me too. <laughs> <sighs> oh, technology. Oh, I am going to cheers to you tonight, technology. I feel like we really came <laughs> to a conclusion here together, and uh, I think we should work together from now on. Yeah. I mean, that would be nice, but something tells me in the age of Zoom, nothing is safe. (laughs) Oh my gosh, you guys, Julia and I had the most, I almost wish we were recording it, even though it involved a lot of people that we like are, should not be speaking of on record. (laughs) The level, let's just say the levels of wildness that Zoom, it just was like roast mode for Zoom on, on like constant and, like, I don't think I realized how many layers of, like, Zoom fuck-ups people can go through. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. Yeah. No, it's absolutely true. And I am not one to, like, badmouth people for being bad with technology. Obviously, mm-hmm. I, like, don't know what social media is, can't edit anything. <laughs> like, I am not up to date on, like, very much. But, yeah, I... It's pretty baffling sometimes what happens on Zoom and the number of things that can go wrong when multiple people are involved. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And it's like a work situation where, like, you know, you're just all trying your best anyway. Yeah. And then you also, like, know what's wrong but don't want to step on anyone's toes. And so it's like, Mm. this is fine. We'll just work like this. (laughs) (laughs) We'll just we'll, work at this, like, wild disadvantage. Yeah, we'll just all slowly go crazy week to week and not say anything. <laughs> because everyone's struggling right now. That is honestly the thing. That is really true. And that is actually why I think that's kind of where the rant started is that I, this is sort of one that I can talk a little bit about is that I was on a Zoom recently. It wasn't even a Zoom. I think it was a Google Meet where the link was sent out, no dial-in or anything. So I basically was saying, like, I just feel like there's there's just kind of chaos out there of, like, is this a, is this a video call or is this a diet, like, an actual conference call? Because I was telling Julia, I basically showed up in this Google Meet and there were, like, 10 black squares and just me with my video fully on, <laughs> like, audio. Like, I just came, like, blaring into this room and everyone was like, mm, this is a conference call. And I was like, okay, then you maybe should have just, yeah, like, told me that and or given me a phone number and or... <laughs> Yeah. See, at that point, that's when you 
make the you turn off your camera and you make the joke about like oh good I didn't want anyone to see me today anyway mm-hmm. <laughs> like been one too many days yes. without a shower good thing I could turn my camera <laughs> off right now <laughs> it's just all a setup zoom just in general video calls are kind of reliance on them now mm-hmm. it just all feels like a big setup all of that to say <laughs> I just am annoyed by that one checkbox that fucked up our entire recording situation. Yeah. Well, we're here now. We made it. We're here now. (laughs) We made it. Um, I am really excited to get into more of this book. I know maybe we'll, like, talk about a few more things first, but it's really fresh. I just finished, so. nice. I finished earlier today, so it should be fresh, but it probably isn't. (laughs) <laughs> it's a couple hours it's old. It's a couple hours old. It's at least six hours old. <laughs> oh, six hours. Wow. Yeah. Julia is so much faster of a reader than I am. Like, I'll get a text with, like, oh, I'm reading. And I'm like, oh, I'm reading, too. Like, we're doing it. We're getting the thing done. And then, like, a minute later, Julia will be like, I'm done. I'm like, I am have literally only just begun. <laughs> yeah, I speed read. But as we all know, I'm not the best at remembering. And I don't read full names. So... <laughs> takes out half the words right there (laughs) oh my god you're just skipping words i never put that together (laughs) oh man i don't know if we've ever told this story on the podcast but um when we were kids that was always like this has been an (laughs) ever-present problem amongst ourselves because when we were kids and harry potter was coming out and we were doing the like you know waiting year to year um for the books to come out um, and our parents would buy us, you know, one set of books because, you know, one of them, one of us would read it, pass it to the other mm-hmm. one. And by that, I mean that even our parents were on Julia's <laughs> side of like, oh, just give it to Julia. Like, she'll read it faster than you. <laughs> yeah, that's well, that's also because, OK, first of all, I am a fast reader and don't read full names. <laughs> but also, I am a night person. And so I will stay up and like read all the way through the night and like getting no sleep for a night was like, I mean, at this point, I'm over 30. And so I go to sleep early and need at least like 10 <laughs> hours. But as a young, energetic child, I could go a full night without sleep and it was fine. <laughs> so that is true. I feel like, you know, you only had to wait like a day and a half to get those Harry Potter books. That's true. I did. That's a good point. But counterpoint, the waiting was hard. And also <laughs> the wait, like the waiting was, it was also like paired with this. Like, I just remember so many times, like I'd be reading and you'd come find me in that like third floor room that like we, we each tried to have a room up there and then we're like, it's too creepy. We have to have other rooms <laughs> yeah. again. Um, yeah, this is too scary. Um, I just remember so many times you would come to find me and be like, like kind of sidle up and be like what so where where are you what part are you on and i'd tell you and you'd be like mm, something big's about to happen like you would always say like something big's about to happen i mean something big was about to happen and i wanted to talk about it you're a slow reader uh. <laughs> it was painful for me too <laughs> it's just was like a painful reading experience for us all around <laughs> Yet here we are again, reading together. Luckily, we we have separate copies of books now, folks. We definitely, uh, I don't know that we've shared any of any of the books uh, that we've read for the podcast so far. No, I don't think so. There are definitely some books that we only have one copy of, like 14 Tales. But as Mm. you may notice, we have not done that one in a while. (laughs) (laughs) 
Oh, that's a really good point. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. So, actually, you know what? Real quick before we start, Mm -hmm. I should... I shouldn't, but I think I'm going to tell Mm -hmm. you what my errands were today because... Oh, okay. I know that sounds boring, but I just was, like, I was sitting in my car and I was like, these are the most, like cat person like just on brand for me tasks for us Uh uh-huh so i went out and was like well first i needed to get my patio chairs back from the and that's why we drink apartment for the Mm -hmm, catio mm -hmm. so i was like okay i need to reestablish the catio so i went and did that And then I had to go pick up cat food because I was out of cat food entirely. So Mm. necessary. um, Very necessary. Uh, I also got only cat food and a bottle of rosé at said (laughs) grocery store. Nice. So really sent a message with uh, those purchases. I even stacked up the the cat food like as tall as the bottle of wine. Like I was buying that like that much wet food. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I went to the Taco Bell drive-thru. So I had like oh, a little, uh, <laughs> little smorgasbord of ridiculous things. Nice. <laughs> Mushu, you want to come down and say that? <gasps> oh, was Mushu trying to say something? Mushu's trying to say something, but he's so far away. He's on the stairs. Mushu, come here. Is he mostly just trying to tell Chuni to fuck off? Yeah, Mushu does this thing and it's like really cute but also like extremely annoying (laughs) where he'll just like sit on one of the top stairs and cry at me until I look at him and he's so incessant it'll be like half an hour of him crying at me and then I'll turn and look at him and he'll stop for a few seconds and then I'll turn back to what I'm doing and he'll start crying again oh it'll just be like every like minute or two he'll be like brown oh like a full throated (laughs) yeah i'm like mushu if you if you want to come down you can come down but he won't he wants me to come up it's his cry (laughs) to be like it's bedtime come up to the third floor and pet me come to me yeah yeah (laughs) but doesn't he know it's recording time he should come down it's it's recording time bud come here Come here and purr into the microphone. <gasps> oh, Mushu purrs into the microphone are so good. Yeah, Chewie doesn't have a loud purr. He's sitting right next to me, but he's not going to be helpful. Oh. Um, actually, so my segue then from this into our book is that I was going to say, Ari, if you had Ari there, Ari has some really loud and aggressive purrs. So she would definitely be picked up on the mic. Yeah, she is quite a throaty little child (laughs) and we actually got a new character in this section whose name is also ari i noticed that it is not a cat though no unfortunately not it is potentially a murder suspect (laughs) or probably not i don't know Maisie is like real sure potentially a murder (laughs) oh yes yes or Maisie just like really doesn't like him (laughs) yeah or mostly that yeah those conversations between Wynn and Maisie were like I'm not gonna lie I most of why I was reading so fast was because I was like hardcore skimming through those I was like Maisie give more information at a time because this could have been like 
one paragraph instead of, you know, like three Mm. pages. Yeah. Yeah, I could see that. Um, Also, I noticed that Wynn has not, Wynn spends a lot of time, like, kind of debating Maisie on, you know, whether or not there has been a murder. And then obviously Mm -hmm. we get some more information in this section that there has actually been a murder. But Mm, Wynn is kind of withholding... Oh, yeah, sorry. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, we suspected. We we knew. But yeah, Wynn is kind of withholding information from Maisie that is obviously going to be a conversation down the line at some point, too. It's true. She's withholding information from the detective as well. That's true. Even though she made what I think was maybe not a very smart move to like... Oh, she made it terrible move yeah that one seemed i was like oh god i'm very nervous for for this <laughs> but it did, it turned out okay it definitely yeah it wasn't yeah it wasn't like a complete disaster but yeah i don't know i'm also very suspicious of this detective because if you'll notice the cat did not like him mm, mm-hmm. yeah the cat did kind of a little flip of what we thought because of mm-hmm. at first, as um, you guys might remember, last time there was a character named Morrison K that we get to see again this section. Well, we didn't get his name last time. So last time he was just the like creepy soup guy. If you'll remember, yes. creepy soup guy. Yes, creepy soup guy. <laughs> this time we get his name and are potentially led to think that maybe he will end up not being creepy in the end. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because... We'll see. I'm suspicious of everyone right yeah. now, though. <laughs> I mean, isn't that kind of how a cozy mystery works? Is that, like, everyone's under suspicion of both murder and being a love interest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's true. But I'm so suspicious because, okay, I don't want to give any spoilers because obviously we're going to talk through this mm-hmm, a little bit more, mm-hmm. but... We do know from the last section that there is a con man in town who's been trying to, like, get the ice cream shop and, like, I don't know, take down this family for some reason. And so, I don't know, when I hear con man, I think team of con men, you know? So any new character that shows up, I'm like, are they involved? What's going on? Oh, who is that? That's Musha. He's been crying. You'll probably hear it when you play this back. He's been crying in the background this entire time. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay, yeah. I it's like not every, heard it. Yeah, like every minute, every like 30 seconds to a minute, he's just... <laughs> Mushu. <laughs> oh, Mushu. Well, welcome to the conversation, Mushu. Sorry, yeah. I didn't hear you before. Oh, it's okay. Um, you'll, you'll hear him eventually. You can cut him out. <laughs> <laughs> no, never. <laughs> Um, well, what I was going to say to that is, yes, you're totally right. And I do feel like sometimes, especially in cozy mysteries, the setup is like the person you're initially like sort of not necessarily even suspicious of for murder, but that you're initially like, oh, I don't know. Like, I'm not really sure I like them or actually, sorry, maybe more. My point is like, so, oh, um, also full name Morrison K comes in and he's like very, um, like, what's the word? Like. He's just very kind of slick. Like he wins mm-hmm. over all of her family and friends kind of immediately. And she's the only one. Everyone's like, 
oh, like, I think he likes you. Like, you should really go for it. And she's the only one that's like, I don't know. He was weird in the soup line. <laughs> and <laughs> and um, he was weird in the soup line. He we didn't w- like him in the soup line either. Yes, very correct. But, like, I feel like sometimes maybe it's that flip of, like, y- you know, the messaging sometimes of cozy mysteries. Or our mysteries in general is, like, you know, those kinds of, yeah, exactly like you're saying about con men. Like, that level of, like ease and comfort talking to people and winning people over like that is should be more suspicious Mm -hmm. in society than like you know uh detective beverly is maybe a little bit more like his his questioning is supposed to be annoying and like he you know obviously is at this point a little spoiler is suspecting win's father so he's like very on our bad side at the moment but i feel like it's sometimes that flip in mysteries of like oh, the guy that we, like, kind of instantly are supposed to see as, like, non-threatening is the actual threat, whereas, like, the person mm-hmm. who's, like, more hard-boiled is, like, that because they're protecting the characters. Oh! Mushu agrees. <laughs> Mushu agrees. <laughs> Mushu! <laughs> Mushu! Well, maybe we should... Should we just jump right I in we to... we jump right in. I mean, we okay. already kind of started where we left off. Hang on, let me noisily flip my book around and try to find <laughs> where we left off. Um, yeah, because I think the first thing that happens is uh, a Mr. Morrison... Wait. No, a Mr. K. <laughs> Morrison is his first name. Um, comes into the shop. He, like, follows Wynn back from the soup play oh no the first thing is uh she has a conversation with Maisie and then oh mm -hmm. and then a uh a Mr. Morrison K comes in yeah I sort of forgot that that wasn't in last sections because I think the very first time we started reading I read too far Mm -hmm. and so I I knew this little bit before like, as I was even rereading, I think I lumped it in. But, yeah, so this part, so Wynne comes back with her soup. She very much did not want to sit with this guy and had basically even, like, lied to him in the soup line to say she was basically just going back to the, well, she did go back to the ice cream shop, but saying she was going back for a very specific purpose, which she wasn't doing. Um, and once she gets back gets back there, she starts eating, and Maisie comes in, her best friend. Mm-hmm. Um, who happens to work at a restaurant called Malta's down the street, which something about that name, I just love the name of that restaurant, Malta's. Sounds very, I don't know. I just like it a lot. Um, (laughs) And so Maisie comes in and she's like, basically like that guy you found is, has been murdered and I know who murdered him. Yeah. Well, she didn't even know that there was a dead guy when she came in. She obviously wasn't like, reading the news or not up on the town gossip but oh that's right when and i think that was what is like making me not i don't know i just like she had no idea that this like guy even was murdered had no idea like no one has any idea who this guy is at this point and as soon as she hears dead guy she's like immediately has this wild theory of like who it is and like who killed him and like for what reason and just like kind of pulled it out of thin air and didn't have much to like (laughs) connect everything together so I mean I get I mean this whole kind of like section they were going off of her wild theory and I was just like getting a little frustrated that 
they didn't have a better theory. <laughs> <laughs> like, wait, why are you suspecting this poor, like, restaurant owner? <laughs> I mean, they yeah. did find some things, so maybe they're they're right and I'm wrong, but it just, I mean, she really pulled it out of thin air, in my <laughs> opinion, <laughs> during this conversation. Yeah. It does really quickly go from, like, right, she doesn't know anything about what happened to, oh, yeah, I, I, I have the answer to that, basically. Um, although it is kind of, like, it is it is a funny, like, setup. Maisie is, like, a very funny character. And, like, she becomes even more kind of, like, I guess, like, even kind of comedic relief a little bit um, in this section, especially because Wynne kind of watches her turn. This is, this is the very beginning point where Wynne is like, I didn't know you even cared about anything, like, sleuth, like, amateur sleuth-related. Mm-hmm. Um, but all of a sudden Maisie is like, um, oh my God, you should watch all of these, like, you know, uh, detective shows and like, we should definitely get into, get into this. We should just like figure this out ourselves. Like we could do it. Ooh. Okay. I'm gonna, I'm gonna make a, I'm gonna pull a theory out of my own ass right now. Oh, perfect. The thing you were just <laughs> shit talking. <laughs> Lay it on us. Yes. <laughs> okay. My theory, the detective is in on it. And oh, he's, shit. Yeah. And he's actually, I don't know if he's the killer or if he's just like, he's a bad guy and somehow he's going to be found out and then Maisie's going to take over as detective at the end of the book. <gasps> Okay, I mean, I do love the idea that Maisie would be the town detective after this, because I think this is going to be a series, but that this is the first book, so there aren't any other books yeah, out Yeah, the second one's coming out at some point. It's really cute. Yeah. The cover and I, is adorable. <laughs> oh, that's right. We did look up the, up the cover at one point. Yeah, the mm-hmm. cover is just as adorable as this one. Hats off to the designer of um, of both of those covers. But yeah, if like the rest of this was like, because Maisie kind of does, like, it's mentioned a couple times that she kind of jumps from job to job. She kind of loses interest in things quickly. Um, everything except this, it is really sweet. She has a community garden that I think we maybe mentioned last time because she is the one who gave Bronwyn some of her, like, local ingredients, like the locally grown vanilla bean um, mm-hmm. and other things like that. But that's, like, the only other thing that she hasn't. Like, she's, like... She works at Malta currently, but, like, every page is, like, I'm going to quit. I'm going to quit Malta and just work for you. And Bronwyn is even, like, you can't – if you come work for me, you can't just quit. Like, you quit everything else. And she's, like, I wouldn't. I wouldn't do that. But (laughs) – Wouldn't she? I think she might. But you're right. If she was a detective of Chagrin Falls – Maybe she wouldn't quit because it would be a new case. Yeah, like, you know, a new fun like puzzle. Well, murders shouldn't be fun, but a new yeah. puzzle to like interest her every you know so often. And I do love the idea of yeah, a female detective mm-hmm. always. Yeah, and also just like <laughs> the idea of going from detective what's his name Liam Beverly. Yes who is, like, seems so, like, dry and, you know, like, you know, dress in black and look professional and, you know, kind of stereotypical detective. And then, like, Maisie, who at one point was described as, like, looking like a bag of Skittles. (laughs) Yeah, I loved that. (laughs) That'd be such a fun flip. Yeah. 
So that is a little bit later um, where she looks like a bag of Skittles. Mm -hmm. So (laughs) currently, I think she might still be dressed pretty colorfully. um, But right now they're back in the ice cream shop and Mm -hmm. um, they're still on their second day, right, of work, I believe. Yeah, Wynn's trying to eat. Maisie's sort of like, there's a murder. We have to solve it. And Wynn's like, there is, has not. No one said anything about a murder. Um, except Debbie Devereaux, who also makes another appearance. Thank God. Yeah. Um, but so Bronwyn is kind of like closing her eyes, I think, too. Or just not leaping to conclusions. Like, she does say a lot. Like, Maisie is really leaping to a lot of conclusions. And mm-hmm. Bronwyn's like, I'm not doing that. So, um, yeah, what happens next? They get... Well, she comes up with... Does she actually, like, talk about her? Yeah, she does. She mentions who she thinks um, was the murderer. So she she works at Malta, this restaurant, and she immediately suspects the owner. Is it the owner or the manager? I think the I think Ari is the owner of the store. Yeah, she immediately suspects her boss, the owner of the store, Ari, because some new guy didn't show up for his shift on the same night that Ari didn't come into the restaurant, which I feel like is quite a leap, but she does eventually <laughs> throw in that um the police called the restaurant the night mm. of the murder, which this mm-hmm. is an actual clue. The police yes. called the restaurant the night of the murder and didn't know who they were calling. They just picked up and were, the police were like, oh, like, who is this? What, like, what number is this? Mm-hmm. So we're suspecting at this point, or at least Maisie is suspecting at this point, that it's the, maybe the dead guy's phone. Yeah. And this was the, that was the last number to be on his cell phone. But then she also connects it to the, like, guy who didn't show up for work. Like, the new guy who didn't show up for work, and she was like, I think he's dead, and he's the same person. So, that I'm not sure about. I think that's a big leap, but she did have, I think she was onto something with the phone, the phone call. Yeah, because that is really suspicious. I mean, not suspicious, but that is, like, you're right, that's, like, an actual clue Mm -hmm. that the cops would probably call back, or at least look, I mean, now they'd probably just look up the number online. But, yeah, the, the, the fact that they would call the last number listed in a phone um, call history makes a lot of sense. So that is, and she's the one, this may or may not be important later. She's actually the one that talks to um, the police, right? So I think she mentions later too, and I'm not sure if it's going to be important or not, but that Ari didn't necessarily know that the cops had called Multas because it was Maisie who answered. And that's why she knew that the cops had called Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so yeah basically their little Maisie's little scheming Bronwyn kind of at this point wants no part of it um gets interrupted because I think is it Morrison slash O.K. that comes in next I think he comes in and like sits with um her pop pop yeah he does he comes in and charms everyone Including the cat. Including the cat. I know that. That's what. That's what got me. I was like, you know, mm-hmm. cats usually have pretty good taste in people. So yeah, I don't know. Yeah, he might. He might end up being the love interest after all. But yeah, he charms everyone immediately. 
and um, ends up going over and sitting with Wynn's grandfather playing, what did they play? Bridge? No, Backgammon? Yeah, I think it was Backgammon. Yeah. Yeah, so they have like a nice little conversation, but we don't really find much out about him now. I think we learn a little bit more about him later. Mm-hmm. Um, or Wynn's grandfather learns a little bit more about him and we hear about it later. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, Wynn doesn't have much of a conversation with him at this point because I think I think he just kind of like goes over and hangs out with um, with her grandfather and then they have it's like they had so many like different conversations and different like people coming in and interrupting all the time. I'm like getting confused about who came in when. <laughs> yeah, I actually was realizing that was happening too of like the timeline of it. So maybe we mm-hmm. can just kind of throw out as we remember. Yeah. Up until the end of the day, because um, the end of the day, I do remember that's when she gets her big order from Clara Blackwell. Yeah. Well, I think in the beginning of the day, so we get the conversation with Maisie. We get Morrison Kay coming in and introducing himself. And then I think either the detective comes in next or mm. uh, Debbie Devereaux comes in next. One of the two. And then there's like another conversation with Maisie. And then O, who is Morrison Kay. His, mm-hmm. his name is also O. And I feel like it's going to be confusing trying to describe him <laughs> all the time. Yeah, but true. he eventually does come, like loop back into the conversation with uh, Maisie and Wynn. And he brings some extra information about how to get information about people online. So <laughs> uh, it makes sense eventually. But at the time in the conversation, Wynn is like, wait, who are you? And how do you know all of this? Like, how mm-hmm. are you like telling us how to get people's like court information <laughs> on the internet? Like, this is sketchy. Yeah, but to be fair, I mean, I do think maybe the book, I I don't know exactly if it's set present day and just in a small town where people don't really, because she's on social media a lot. So it must Mm -hmm. be like kind of present day, but the way that he's describing like how you can search, like the depths that you can search for people online, it seems like they're not super aware of those things, which, and honestly, maybe I'm just around more people who do that more. Like, I mean like I think is, is, you know, talked about a lot on And That's Why We Drink. Christine literally only needs a first name and a left shoe and she could find <laughs> anyone on the internet. <laughs> yeah, I don't think normal people do that very often. <laughs> okay, fair. Most of us just stick to social media searches. I don't know, maybe maybe I'm wrong, but like, I don't, I don't tend to creep on people like that. <laughs> Why not? It's really fun. <laughs> I don't know. I'm like also the person who's like scared to click on LinkedIn profiles because I'm like, oh god, it's gonna show up that I'm looking at them. <laughs> Go into an incognito window. Okay, you don't know the tricks. I don't know the tricks. <laughs> <laughs> or you just log out and like make it so that it's not logged in. Then it just shows up on their profile that someone viewed it, but not you. Yeah, I know. I do know that trick. But also, if I <laughs> log out, then I'll never get logged back in. <laughs> Why are you logged in? Okay, we don't need to go there. But I'm like, I don't think I've actively logged into my LinkedIn since I've even been, like, had this new computer. Like, this new computer wouldn't even know my my LinkedIn login. <laughs> I've had it for a while. <laughs> yeah. No, that's fair. I mean, I don't know. Some people still use LinkedIn. That's true. That's true. Not hating on LinkedIn. 
Yeah. So, okay, so yeah, that is true. O, so that's his nickname is just O. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he tells them to call him O. Um, sort of gives them this like big rundown on, right, basically how to find out any form of information about someone online. Um, and so Maisie's eyes kind of light up and Bronwyn's like, oh, dear God, like, don't tell her this. <laughs> don't give her that like power or that, you know, those tips. Um, and you're right. I think the detective comes in a little bit later. I think that's all that O yeah. does. I think that the detective actually came in before that because he mentioned the puppy. Uh-huh. Oh, and, yeah. And that's when Maisie kind of circles back around and is like, what's he talking about? Like, what about a puppy? And then they, like, have the conversation again, and that's when O comes in. So the detective does come back and ask, like, a few more questions, but it's mostly just to see if when like remembered anything else from the night before right and he didn't give a name for the deceased at this point even though it's the same day as something that happens later so he must have already known or no no he did say i take it back he did say i think that he was waiting for the coroner's report to come back so that he was visiting Mm. going to each witness to kind of reshake them down but also who knows if he's telling the truth or not well he did mention the puppy, which makes me think that maybe he knew more than he was letting on. Because oh, good point. How else would he have known about a puppy? That's a really good point. Yeah, because the and puppy... then he said the puppy never made it to the station. So like now, really, how else would he know about the puppy? Yeah, that's true. Because that was so specific to mm-hmm. that guy Stephen Bayard, uh, the con man. Yeah. So yeah, I think you're right. I'm a little suspicious, (laughs) a little suspicious of the detective, even though it's a detective and it's like literally his job to figure these things out. Yeah. And honestly, still suspicious that he knows the information. Yeah, no, true. He could just be withholding it to see if she'll offer anything else. And she doesn't. She's like, oh, I'm not going to fucking tell you what I know about. Like, you know, he's not asking specifically about. Like, oh, does Steven... Although she kind of a little bit lies because I think he does specifically ask her... Oh, what did she ask? Yeah, what... Oh, about the guy with the puppy. So when he asks about the puppy, she says, oh, yeah, there was a guy um, yesterday morning that I saw that had a puppy. It wasn't my puppy, so I didn't know. He said he was going to take it to the station. And that's when he was like, oh, it, well, it didn't make it to the station. Um, did you know the guy? And that's when she's like, no, I did not know him, which is true. Which is but, true. Yeah, but it's also like she does know of him. She yeah, she knows she, from her family. Right, definitely could have given more information, but she did not. Yeah, which I actually don't think is a lie. Like, I guess withholding information from an active investigation is also prob- is, I think, a crime. So maybe that is part of it but like she did technically answer the question she was asked although I don't know how well that would hold up in court yeah and also at this point I don't think it's clear that it's an active investigation because they're oh, still waiting true. for the coroner's report so as far as she knows this guy just like you know tripped and fell and hit his head on the way down yeah and she's still um that's her kind of her like active belief is that he just either had a heart attack and fell or that it was just natural causes Um, because it's not until tonight in this timeline that she really does discover that it was a murder 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I don't know. I think it's the the detective's fault at this point. If he wanted more information, he should have made it clear that it was an active investigation. It's always the detective's fault. It's always it's the police's always fault. De- <laughs> it's always <laughs> exactly. Um, it's never the so, innocent ice cream shop owner. No, never. Like what? No, she doesn't. No, it's not her fault. Um, Bronwyn is also just like such an endearing like. Innocent is kind of the wrong word. I mean, she's obviously innocent of, like, murder, but I don't want her to sound like she is very, like, you know, experienced in a lot of different things. So, like, I feel like innocent is the wrong word, but she's, like, very just endearing. So, like, protect women at all costs. (laughs) Yeah. Well, she's also, I think, like most of us, never experienced finding a dead body. And so is probably in the frame of mind where she's like, no, I live in this town. Nothing, you know, scary or bad happens here. It was just an accident. Like, of course it was just an accident. Why would someone murder someone in this town? Right. Yeah. Um, But we do also get, I think it is in between... I think our second to last visitor of the day is Debbie Devereaux, right? Yeah. Well, we get a we get a few more customers, so you know business is booming. But yes, I think the <laughs> la- <laughs> the last kind of like fun and maybe like meaningful and important visitor mm-hmm. is Debbie Devereaux. Oh gosh, I just love her. She's like described again in the best way possible of like. Yeah, just kind of everything we said before of, like, how her, like, I think it's, like, her glove, the fur of her gloves matches the fur of her coat that she was wearing the night before, Mm -hmm. and she's just, like, very, she's just a character. She's a character. Yeah, and she is a very cagey with her her conversation and her information as she was the night before. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I think we're going to get a lot of, uh fun little cameos from her where we get like zero information but a lot more suspicions <laughs> yes i 100 percent agree um yeah she basically when like tried to ask her a few leading questions herself of being like i forget exactly what she asked her but it was clear that they are kind of playing games with each other like when mm-hmm. was like i can tell she's trying to like hint at something but she's not going to come out and tell me and, like, I'm not quite asking the right questions to, like, get it out of her. So, but basically it's, like, a fun little, like, back and forth. And um, Debbie Devereaux basically says, like, her, like, pretense for being there is, like, you know, oh, I was um, so I was so close to your grandmother, like, and I heard that you found this body last night. You know, she would, your grandma Kay would never forgive me if I didn't come down here and check on you. Which is very sweet and, like you know, brings the grandmother's memory back in. But there is also definitely something else that, like, I can't remember exactly what, I don't think Wynn comes out and asks, like, did you know, did you know this guy? Or, like, were you, yeah, she asks something I feel like a little bit more vague. And she, Debbie kind of sidesteps it. And that's Mm kind of the most we really get out of the conversation. But, like, definitely, like, vague confirmation that Debbie knows more than she's letting on. Yeah, well, she did the, like, nose tap at the end, you know. Oh, yeah. I don't know what that's called. Is there a name for that? (laughs) I don't know. Yeah, the, like, I see you type. Yeah, the, like, I know what you're getting at, but I'm not going to say anything nose tap. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so it was, like, 100% confirmation that she's just playing cat and mouse with her 
her intel. Maybe Debbie Devereaux should be the new detective. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe Debbie Devereaux's the murderer. No, never. (laughs) Not Debbie. (laughs) She would never do that. She would never. Um, But no, and actually being, now that we know, because I don't think it was said before, I think... I think we only knew from when that that her grandmother talked highly of Debbie. I think we find out a little bit more this time how good of friends um, Grandma Kay and Debbie Devereaux were. And so that kind of, I don't know, I feel like adds especially to like if Debbie, since Debbie is such or was such good friends with Grandma Kay, then Debbie was probably around during the time that Stephen Baird was trying to pull said con over on um, the Cruz family. And so she probably, you know, sort of is, I don't think it's like the same suspicion that's being cast on Bronwyn's dad, especially right now. But because she like probably knows the backstory, I feel like she just, you know, I feel like A, she has more information because she was like there the night that it happened. And B, she has more information because she was so close to Grandma Kay. Yeah. But she also seems to know more than I mean obviously she knows more than Wynn but she even seems to know like a little bit more than the detective at this point Mm -hmm. (laughs) which is because one of the questions that she sidestepped was do you like did you know who the guy was and she was like "Uh, do you like oh that's right totally blows past that question like "Mm." (laughs) yeah very Yoda answer (laughs) yeah yeah I forgot about that that's true Hmm. Oh, Debbie Devereaux, what tricks do you have up your sleeve? No, I mean, did she witness the whole thing? She seemed too composed to have witnessed it because she just showed up later and was like, got what he deserved. And it's like, were you just like, <laughs> did, you, did he? <laughs> yeah. Oh, my gosh. Um. Yeah. Who knows, though? Maybe. Yeah. Mushu. Oh. <laughs> He's back. <laughs> he oh, went upstairs for a little bit, but now he's back. Yeah, so Debbie Devereaux, definitely keeper of a lot of information. Definitely still not completely sure she's not a witch. Mm-hmm. That hasn't been proven or disproven to me yet. Mm-hmm. Um, still hoping. Still f- fingers crossed that she is a witch. But I think that is... I don't think we really get anything else from her, right? Besides... Um, that little tidbit of her being like, you know, did you know him? Yeah. <laughs> Not completely misdirecting um, the question. So I think we're kind of just supposed to get like the the fun, mysterious feeling from her mm-hmm. that like there's more to be learned from Debbie Devereaux. Yeah, like she knows something she's obviously not telling. But that's also kind of good news because in... Well, I don't know if it's the next thing that happens, but in uh, the later parts of this book, we get some serious suspicion thrown on Wynne's family. So mm-hmm. I think we can safely assume that Debbie Devereaux, keeper of all secrets, is <laughs> no snitch and will be <laughs> <laughs> a protector of the family mm-hmm. um, in terms of, you know, the... Maybe not sharing the information that she has, but at at least keeping the suspicious parts to herself. 
Yeah. Honestly, I wonder if she's doing the thing. So we do have a really sweet conversation later. And like, we kind of already know this information, but that um, Bronwyn's family kind of always knew that she was going to be the one to take over the ice cream shop. They just were kind of waiting for her to realize it. Um, And I wonder if it's a, a little bit of the same way where Debbie Devereaux is like, I have this information. I know Wynn is maybe the person who's going to help like misdirect a little bit or like not misdirect, maybe is going to help solve um, misdirect in the sense of like, you know, bring suspicion to the person who actually deserves it. Not, mm-hmm. the, not her family who is about to look very suspicious. Mushu. Mushu's down here crying up a storm. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I fed him already. So you have nothing to complain about Mushu. <laughs> Did you hear him? I did. <laughs> Mushu. Mushu. He is really chatty. Yeah, isn't he chatty? Isn't that so annoying? <laughs> <laughs> it's a cute though. It's cute though. Like, it's not like, oh my God, Franklin earlier was just like, I guess Franklin's is kind of like that too. Maybe it's when it's your own cat and it's in your own space and you're like, what the fuck do you want? I can't, I gave you everything <laughs> yeah. you need. I literally have nothing else for you right now. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I think it's just because it's like, I know he's sitting there and like, I can't get him to stop. And it's just like, you know, that constant. Every, yeah. You yes. Know, like, mm-hmm. yeah. It's just the, the constant every 30 seconds. You know, if it was like once I'd be like, mom, Mushu. Yeah. But it's like ongoing. <laughs> no, that's why I locked Franklin away. Cause he was just like crying nonstop. And like, he was running a bit back and forth, but I was like, you gotta go away, man. You're just too unpredictable right now. <laughs> can't deal with this you can't deal with it yeah so i think the next thing that happens is the next thing that happens the uh suspicious conversation it's not a suspicious conversation the the accusatory the the suspicion (laughs) yes yeah i think that is the next thing because i think debbie Devereaux. oh no there is one more thing so debbie is the second to last person to come in the actual last person is Clara Blackwell, who comes in oh, from yeah. the local mm-hmm. college, Wycliffe College. And um, she comes in and is like, comes in like very, um, almost like, like a little bit too type A. Like she comes in and is like, kind of grilling Win on all of these, um, like questions about the business and like, oh, she makes all the ice cream by hand. Right. And she doesn't use a refrigerated truck that like drives the ice cream in from anywhere else. Right. And Win's like, mm-hmm. no, I literally use my hands to make this here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and again, looks at her like poor, like, you know, the big like particle board that's in place of the plexiglass that still hasn't come in. And she's like, if you could only see into my kitchen, you would know. <laughs> yeah. Um, but so, yeah, this woman, like, comes in and is, like, a little bit weird, but does actually finally drop the information that she's looking for a caterer, basically, an ice cream caterer to cater their, apparently their mascot is the polar bears, I think. Mm-hmm. And they, she was like, I thought it would be really cute if we, I have to do these two different dinners. Like, one is, like, a president's dinner and the other one is, like, sort of like a social, it sounds like, for one of the... um sororities and or fraternities i don't know greek life yeah no i don't know (laughs) (laughs) um 
But yeah, she basically was like, I need like gallons and gallons of ice cream and I need like these specific things for this event. But she doesn't really have specific ideas. She kind of leaves it all up to Wynn to be like, so Wynn actually tomorrow in the timeline, we actually get a full menu that Wynn and her mom and Pop Pop put together and it sounds delicious. It does sound delicious. And they come up with like, yeah, because it sounds like one of them, it's like an ice cream social. And so they're doing kind of like the Mm -hmm. traditional flavors, but also like banana splits and then a sundae bar or like a couple of uh like specialty flavors so that sounds great and then the Mm -hmm. other one they're doing she wanted like ice cream cakes or like ice cream desserts i guess and when and her grandfather and her mom all had different ideas of like all very delicious sounding cakes and they were like well we can't decide we'll just do all three yep and, Which is uh, always the right choice, yeah. Always I the mean, right choice, but yeah, they all sounded so like decadent and amazing and delicious. And I don't know if uh, Abby Colette has the recipes for these desserts, but like, I'm not <laughs> sure why she didn't put those in back. <laughs> I, but if she has them, we want them. We want them now. Um, the other thing we get from Clara Blackwell is that these events, I think both of them are only like one week away or less. It's like Mm -hmm. five days away or something crazy like that. Yeah. So they kind of need to get on it pretty immediately. And the other little tidbit that we get, the little scare, um, scary bit that she gets from because Clara Blackwell is clearly like I don't know I'm I'm not suspicious of her of murder but I am suspicious that she's like maybe a mean girl and I don't trust her around (laughs) all the people I love in this book so far um because at the end of one of the chapters she kind of dangles this little bit about the last ice cream place that she had been working with and that fell through and she kind of gives some reasoning for that but also kind of doesn't but then goes into this whole rant about how, like, oh, my gosh, yeah, my assistant left the worst review for them online. So, like, ha, 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 imagine trying to get business after that. And, like, imagine saying something like that to a business owner who, like, is restarting. <laughs> yeah, who literally just took your business and also is, like, restarting her business from scratch. Like, that's, like, oh, it's just so shitty. I was just, like, I don't think I like you at all, Claire Blackwell. So, Wynn obviously takes the job, but she's also, like, like oh oh god yeah i need to do this like really right and can't fuck up at all because you know clara blackwell's assistant might write a terrible review of us online yeah i also i don't know if you got like a weird vibe from that conversation but i was wondering if like her ice cream company that fell through was also gonna come back into play a little bit because i don't I don't know, maybe I'm the one jumping to conclusions now, but I was like, you know, that con man did want their ice cream business. And if she had, like, if she had booked with this, like, other ice cream business that had, like, a weird accident with their ice cream truck or, like, had some, like, shady dealings going on that she didn't like, like, I just wonder if that's going to come back. Honestly, Julia, that's genius. You're very smart. I did not pick up on that at all. Um, but that makes a ton of sense. You're right. Like, if this con man is already out going after an ice cream business, like, why wouldn't he have tried to, like, start his own? And then, like, it became a whole shady thing. Yeah. Or went after a different one and stole their truck. Oh, shit. That, too. Or, you know, didn't steal their truck, but, like, did some shady things with another business. Yeah. Yeah. Like, fucked some other shit up in some other ways. 
Hmm. Yeah. But also the other business did sound like not a great one because, well, I mean, I don't want to, maybe not, not a great one, but they definitely were doing the whole, like, I don't know, kind of like their aunt did before, like shipping the pre-mixed ice cream mixes from like other places and obviously not making it by hand or, you know from organic vanilla beans grown down the street. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so I think that was the, the like main issue is they they were like they took the business and then like some part of their like supply chain broke down. Mm-hmm. Um so they couldn't couldn't hold it together, but yeah, I don't know. I just there was a lot of detail about that business and like all the things that went wrong. So I was I just I don't know. I just kind of got a little suspicious that it might might factor in somehow. That's a great, great clue, Julia. That's a great, good eye, Jules. Good eye. <laughs> um, so yeah, that is the last person that comes in because when from there, um, basically she has to keep the store open a little bit later to finally get this woman to like give her the actual details that she needs to get from her, which she mm-hmm. does actually do. But then by that point, it's like kind of late, and so she's like. Oh, I'm gonna. I think I'm just gonna walk up to uh, her parents' house real quick and like you know tell Pop Pop, tell her parents um, about the big catering gig. That's obviously really exciting for all of them. So her first weird moment is that she walks up to Pop Pop's side of the house and it's locked, closed, locked, windows, lights off, windows like blinds drawn. She's like, that's really weird. So she goes to the main house to, she was like, I don't think he's going to be there, but like maybe they know where he went. Um, And so she goes in the back door and she's like, oh, everything is really weird. It's like weird and quiet. It looked like they kind of abandoned making dinner halfway through. And then that's when she hears some voices in the foyer. Oh, no. Don't know if it actually said foyer. I just wanted to say foyer. Um, yeah, it was, like, in the front of the house. Yeah, it was, like, at the, like, <laughs> they basically, like, opened the front door. And Detective Liam Beverly was there. And um, <sighs> he basically was like, I want to question both of you. And kind of grills both, mostly her dad, but also kind of her dad and her mom well, he wasn't trying to grill her mom, but her mom kept popping in with very unhelpful answers. Yeah. I mean, well, she... help, helpful answers yeah. for the detective, but unhelpful in the sense that, like, maybe threw a little bit more suspicion on the family. Uh-huh. Yeah, she was offering information, which, like, I feel like that's... The other thing, you just... I feel like information that I have seen at different points, it's like you don't offer more information to law enforcement or any other like opposing counsel and or anything like that like you only answer the question that you're asked and don't mm-hmm. you know don't elaborate because anything could be used in any possible way that you didn't mean it and so yeah so the dad he's like kind of asking the dad like where were you that night and he tells his party line which is that he was at work um, which when hears and is like oh shit like he's even lying to the de- detective because I'm pretty sure he wasn't at work and then he, we actually learn. So we do learn in this conversation that the guy that Wynn found was murdered, was Stephen Bayard, because Liam Beverly keeps asking the dad in particular, but then the mom also, and is like, "Did you know Stephen Baird?" And the dad actually says, "No, I didn't know him," which is like, 
I don't know. He he maybe should have just said something along the lines of like, I know of him. He did. I guess he did say that. He, I guess he did say, I know of him. I don't know him. And then the mom kind of elaborates, and then Bev, uh, Detective Beverly kind of gets in that loop of like, well, how do you not know him, but your wife does, and all of that. So they get into like kind of the technicalities of that and then then it also comes out we actually get a murder method in this conversation too because one of the main reasons that that well not one of the main reasons I think the main reason is that Detective Beverly has found out about like the background of Stephen Bayard and how um he basically tried to like you know steal the Cruz family business that's obviously like big motive there but he also let's slide the information that Stephen Baird was apparently killed by an anesthetic of some kind or some kind of drug that is used by an anesthesiologist mm-hmm. during surgery and her dad is a surgeon and so they kind of were like oh shit like motive and access to basically the murder weapon so her dad obviously looks really suspicious right now although her dad does do a pretty good job of being like I don't actually use that drug. Like, I'm not the anesthesiologist. I I am the surgeon. Like, I don't. But Mm -hmm. it is also the thing of, like, yeah, but you definitely have access to it. Right. Whereas a lot of people don't. So I think that's kind of the most information we get out of that. But, yeah, that's, like, a a big, big moment. Wynn's, like, falling on the floor in the kitchen. Poor Wynn is, like, hearing all of this and is, like, oh, no. Yeah. So, no, yeah, she's still in the back of the house, so no one actually knows she heard the conversation. Mm-hmm. But I will say, not to throw suspicion on Pop-Pop right now, but this is the second time that he's mysteriously disappeared when the detective is around. Honestly, though, that is actually true. Doesn't he do that later, too? Well, he did He did that. I mean, he's obviously not in the house when can't find him, but he did that in the shop earlier when the detective came when oh. looks over to the booth and uh pop pop and uh morris and k are mysteriously gone and she makes the mental note of like oh the one person that i wanted to be protected from oh and, yeah you know, he's not here to protect me oh shit yeah you're totally right wow you're picking up so many more details than i am even though you're skimming <laughs> and a reading got faster a, got, a, got a suspicious mind <laughs> <laughs> fair um yeah that's a great great hint great little pickup and actually we do get another little moment so um i'm gonna just say it now because i'm maybe gonna forget when we actually get to this point but later Maisie and um the, the next day Maisie and win are walking in town and he had been at the ice cream shop but when or no um Maisie all uh, kind of out of the blue is like oh is that your grandpa and Ma- Bronwyn mm-hmm. is like, no, he's at the ice cream shop. And she was like, I'm pretty sure I just saw your grandpa drive by us. And Wynn's- Wynn just didn't see it. So she's like, oh, I don't-, I don't know. But that would be weird because he like, she also says too, like earlier when she goes to the house to look for him, she's like, he doesn't even really like driving. Like he likes walking like I do. I got that from him. So even if I see his car in the garage, like she didn't even check to see if the car was in the garage because she was like, that's not an indicator of if he's here or not. Um, Mm. and so, yeah, seeing him driving is also, like, maybe a little bit suspicious Yeah, maybe a little Mm. weird. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
Um, so yeah, so, okay, so that's that night. Poor Bronwyn, she literally just leaves, and she's like, I can't really process this, as I don't know that, like, many of us could process that well. Um, so she kind of ducks out before anyone can notice her, and she's already, like, most of the way up to her apartment, but she instead goes back down to the ice cream shop, gets her car, she actually tries to, I think at that point... Or does she go home first? There's a couple, like, back and forths where she, like... Yeah, she, like, can't figure out what to do because she's, like, well, yeah. I know I'm not going to be able to sleep, so, like, what do I do to fill my time? Right. And so I think it was, like, 11 or, like, almost midnight. And so she does try to go to the police station first because she was, like, I need to talk to the detective and, like, maybe he'll be back by now. And this is the part where I think we were both, like, no, when no! Yeah. <laughs> like, was... don't, don't talk the, to the detective, but... She does. So she goes to the police station. He wasn't around. So she goes home, tries to sleep, and then, like, can't. And so at, like, 2 a.m. or something like that, she goes back to the police station and just, like, sleeps in the parking lot. (laughs) Which, I mean, do what you gotta do, I guess. But I think she was just, like, so stressed out and distraught by it that she was like, I can't, like stop thinking about this and like Mm -hmm. rest until I like talk it out Um, yeah and luckily this is a cozy mystery so she is talking it out with someone who is like more trustworthy than I think any other law enforcement officer might be in this position like he Mm -hmm. kind of you can tell that he's like not he's not like looking for anything to use against her specifically like he is still looking for information from her but it is very much more like based on their repertoire and he kind of I think at some point even like gives her some advice or something like they it's not quite as like scary as I think yeah like malicious or like yeah power hungry feeling right yeah exactly and so they their talk is basically kind of her just being like I know my dad didn't do it and him being like well I fucking need proof that he didn't because all of the proof right now is pointing towards him so it's that kind of conversation of him just being Mm -hmm. like I'm just doing my job you know, everything that I'm seeing doesn't look good for your dad. And Wynn does actually bring up again, I think her name is Glennis Vale, that like really suspicious mom with Jasper, the kid. Um, And it seems like he's like maybe kind of forgotten about her. So Bronwyn like reminds him about her too. So that, you know, might factor in later too. Um, I'm sure Glennis and Jasper will come back at some point because they were suspicious as fuck during that whole night um, of activities. Yeah, I think that's mostly their conversation is, like, kind of more about their characters in terms of, like, it really sets uh, Bronwyn on the path of, like, okay, because she goes straight to Maisie after this. She, like, doesn't go anywhere else. She goes to the um, Maisie's community garden and is like, all right, you were right. Let's be amateur sleuths now, Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, which is great because now we're in it. Now we're in the cozy mystery. We're in it to win it. Mm-hmm. And I think there's really only, isn't it? It's really, because oh, we get the menu planning. She does go open the store. She makes new ice cream. Um, her mom and Pop Pop show up. And that's when we get all of those um, delightful sounding ice cream confections that Julia listed earlier. Yeah, I didn't list them, but I should because they sound delicious i just don't exactly remember all that went into them so i'm not gonna do it justice 
But actually, before we get her mom and Pop Pop showing up, we actually get a, like, kind of tragic and maybe a little bit suspicious uh, visit from her dad. Oh, God, that's right. Yeah. And he, yeah, and it was like, I don't know what you're implying right now, but he came in and was just like, I don't know, just like trying to make pretty generic conversation. But then at the... Mm -hmm the end he did kind of like allude to like oh i might be you know going away for for a while take care of the family while i'm gone and when's like wait what yeah (laughs) so yeah i don't know if that was him uh maybe alluding to the fact that he is under suspicion and you know potentially going to get convicted of of something or if that was him being like i'm running from the the law i don't think that was what he was going for but Mm -hmm. it could have been i don't know yeah it was yeah it was a really interesting that's actually where i think i mentioned earlier when there was a conversation about how like bronwyn's family always knew that she would come back to you know take over the ice cream shop and do a great job and that would be like kind of her you know just like driving force and purpose and it's like this really sweet conversation. That's where this happens is that her dad is just like clearly feeling very sentimental and is like, you know, going into all these things that like maybe, I mean, I don't know about anyone else's family, but like my family, our family doesn't like necessarily bust that out on a random, you know, 8 a.m. <laughs> morning. <laughs> right. <laughs> and yeah, all right. Also is like, take care of your mom if anything happens to me and she's like are you going anywhere and he's like well no but just in case yeah so um right okay so yeah that's the first thing then everyone else comes in he goes to work everyone else comes in um oh we forgot to mention too really briefly Wilhelmina is a character she is the woman that Bronwyn and Maisie were kind of joking is like over 100 years old she is not she is a spry elderly woman um, that Bronwyn has um, hired, actually, as kind of, like, extra help. And she's come in a couple times while Pop-Pop has been there and clearly has the biggest crush on Pop-Pop mm-hmm. and has been winking at him from the ice cream counter every time she works. <laughs> no, Pop-Pop's got some, uh, got some lady love interests going on here. Mm-hmm. This is the, yeah. the second one we've been introduced to. Oh, who's the first one? Um, Maisie's grandmother. The only other person who can make him smile? Come on. Oh, right, right, right. <laughs> yeah, you're right, you're right. Um, what was I going to say? Oh, and they do also kind of joke about, like, how all of the crew's men are just, like, too charming for their own good. Yeah, and they get their a curse. cackle out of that. Um, and then, so the last thing that happens, I think that's the last thing that happens, is... Um, this big moment of uh, cozy espionage that we get here at the end, right? Yeah. So Maisie has convinced Bronwyn that their next step in their sleuthing should be to not necessarily break into Malta's, the restaurant's um, back office and do some sleuthing to find out if Ari is indeed a murderer, but Mm -hmm. also kind of break in. Like, yeah, 
I mean, they had permission to be in there. They just didn't specify that they would be, like, snooping in his office. (laughs) Right. Yeah. And, like, Maisie full... Like, they start with just paper, but Maisie instantly is, like, on his computer, like, printing emails. Breaking into his email. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Like, she saw him enter his password and is, like, now able to crack into his email. So she's on there. Bronwyn's rightly freaking out. They're like literally in the dark because they have chosen to just keep the light off and use Bronwyn's flashlight on her phone. Literally makes zero sense. Yeah. Like it's too bright. We should be whispering and like literally no one else is in the restaurant. (laughs) But they are discovered by this other woman who works at the at Malta's, which apparently this is where Maisie kind of flips into a different demeanor than Bronwyn is used to seeing her because Maisie also Maisie apparently just doesn't like working at Malta's I think because she Mm -hmm. immediately is like sassy to this woman Althea and Althea is kind of like what are you doing here and Maisie is like well why are you back here like why are you coming in early everything was locked and she was like all right well draw like what are you doing here and they were like okay all right no one's gonna answer questions then but we kind of get like a little pile on here too because it, as as soon as Althea is like, fine, I won't tell Ari. Ari walks in, yeah. and they have a whole nother round of like, what are you doing here? Type yeah. situation. We get like a tiny bit of background on Ari, not much. He is either um, of Middle Eastern and or Egyptian descent, Bronwyn tells us. She also tells us that she's never been comfortable enough with him to ask which one it is. <laughs> well... <laughs> It also really shouldn't matter. <laughs> also say, r- true, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's not, I don't know. I mean, if you're, if you don't know someone that well, that it comes out in conversation, meh. <laughs> yeah, get to know them and let it come up, uh, let it, let it come up gradually. <laughs> yeah. But also, I will say, in our interactions with him, he did not seem like a murderer to me. No, he just seemed kind of like a little bit of a grump, maybe. Like, you know, he's he busy with his like, business. Pretty pleasant. Like, I feel like if I were the owner of a restaurant and I came in and saw like two employees and a stranger in my office, <laughs> I'd be like, what the actual fuck? Everyone's fired. Yeah. <laughs> Get everyone the fuck out of here. Yeah. Although you're right, he is, he pretty instantly like recognizes Bronwyn, I think, from. Um, the ice cream shop and he's like oh I used to go there like I used to love that place and he's like asking her like apparently he's also like pretty good looking I think because I think Bronwyn's a little bit like star not starstruck but I think he's like a little older a little good looking and he's like oh you do you still make all your ice creams by hand and she's like yeah like she get I don't know she just gets a little like maybe she's also just nervous because they're breaking in but she blustery flustered yes a little flustered a little flustery yeah Yeah. because she apparently says um yes they're yummy in your tummy i believe is the phrase she uses yeah that was yeah she did like a little like babbly like sales pitch for her ice cream shop and then was like Uh come on in it's yummy for your tummy (laughs) it's like immediately like oh my god why did i say that i need to like die immediately (laughs) And then they did the, like, you know that scene in Practical Magic? Well, I mean, it's a scene in a lot of things where someone, like, says something stupid and the other person looks at them and, like, mouths, like, what is wrong with you? Like, what the actual heck is wrong with you? Yeah. This is not the way to be. Right. (laughs) You're not acting like a human right now. That's what Maisie turns to her and is like, I don't know what you're doing right now. 
and yeah, like kind of tries to cover it up it. and so she starts talking a bunch and um as that's happening guess who else waltzes right on in who waltzes right on in oh my god detective beverly again get out of here detective beverly but i mean i, I think this is the part where i was like all right ari has been like nice and civil to these people breaking into his office up until this point and then when the detective comes in he was like i don't know i mean truthful and like didn't seem you know shaken by it but also when detective beverly looks over and is like oh win why are you here ari was like oh i know why she's here like just kind of covered covered it all up and blew past it so, I don't know. I thought that was a, hmm. either he's, you know, trying to cover his own ass or, like, I don't know, he was just being a nice guy, trying not to get oh, her in trouble. I thought that it was more like, because didn't, I thought he said that about Maisie. I thought they did, like, kind of a round robin where, like, he was like, when, why are you here? And didn't, because didn't he say, it? didn't, um, yeah, wait, how did that start? I feel like it started with, like, Maisie being like, oh, I or didn't he say something like, oh, she works for me, but she doesn't. So, like, I don't really know. I thought he didn't really cover for Win. Oh, maybe I should reread that part. Because I thought it was a little bit of a round robin, like, you know, why are you here? And like, oh, she's with me and blah, blah, blah. But then kind of like in the end of it, Ari was just like, yeah, I know why she's here. And it just kind of seemed like a blanket statement over everyone. Uh, yeah, I guess that's kind of true. Because maybe it did kind of come. Because maybe now that I'm remembering... A little bit more maybe it was more like uh, these two work for me she works at the ice cream store down the street at the end like that's mm-hmm. and like we're oh because then Maisie starts talking and is like she's my best friend there are connections here like don't worry about it basically yeah <laughs> oh and meanwhile we didn't mention this part but while all of this nonsense is happening Maisie has is because she hacked into his email and as Althea was stepping in she had found an email from so they had this whole thing where Maisie thought that the the dead guy's name was Peter Sellers, a.k.a. the actor of the old school Pink Panther movies. And Bronwyn is like, no, that's literally not his name. I now know his name and that's not it. But um, Maisie does actually find an email in Ari's email from Peter Sellers. And so she clicks on it and she hasn't even read it yet, but she prints it. And so while all of this, like as Althea walks in, as Ari walks in, as Detective Beverly walks in, the two of them are trying so hard not to look at the printer because the the um, the piece of paper is just sitting in the tray waiting for them to grab it. And Maisie smartly as, kind of as they're ducking out grabs it and is like, oh, I was just here looking for the schedule. So she does kind of pull a smooth move at the mm-hmm. end there. Yeah. Um, and I think, is it them reading the reading the um, email that's like kind of the end of this section? Yeah, I think so. They they do make it out. <laughs> so they make it out un, unscathed and mm-hmm. uh, Ari and Detective Bavanaugh? Oh my god, I've been saying it so much. <laughs> you don't that know? Right. <laughs> I don't know. For some reason, I, it sounded like it came from another TV show <laughs> in my brain. My brain was like, that's not what this book is. That's another TV show. You're crazy. Yeah, but what but, TV show? What Detective Bathanaugh is out there? I don't, I don't know. <laughs> oh my god, wait. iZombie? Oh, I don't know. That's I don't watch that one. So you might be right. You might be right. 
I think there is a, I don't know, maybe not. Maybe my brain is just a little haywire right now. <laughs> if I get real bored later, I'm going to look it up to try to call you out. <laughs> I know. I'm gonna just grab my phone. I'm going to look it up right now. Ah! <laughs> Eye zombie detective. Kavanaugh. Oh, okay. You <laughs> really just smashed those two together. <laughs> Detective Babineau. No, Detective Babineau. Yeah. Clive Babineau. Babineau? Babineau? Babin. And then it ends in E-A-U-X. So oh. Like, who, who knows? Like French or Creole. Babin, Babineau. Babineau? Okay. Babineau. <laughs> well, none of those are what this guy's name is. <laughs> okay, well, oh, anyway. Anyway. <laughs> I forget my point. <laughs> and uh, where I was going with that. Um, yes, so... <laughs> you just wanted our, to talk about our, iZombie. <laughs> I, I do miss that show. But anyway, the... Ari and the detective kind of, like, go into his office, and I think that was a cue for Maisie and and Wynn to leave. So they did make it out. They didn't get roped into any, like, additional questioning. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I think the next part and the last part, really, is them being out in the street and, like, maybe seeing Wynn's grandfather drive by mm-hmm. and reading this email. Yeah, and the email, you know, maybe I should actually, oh no, the book is, I literally am using the book to prop up my mic. I was going to try to read it verbatim, <laughs> but the the email basically points to the idea that Stephen Bayard was in town um, to blackmail Ari because it said, it was only like a couple lines and it said like, or a couple like really short sentences and it was like, coming into town, you owe me something like see you soon or whatever and so yeah i'm trying trying to find oh it. good good yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna get it yeah gonna get, get it. it get it get it ah, ah. okay oh okay i found it it was not oh it was like several pages from the end mm, okay um okay so the email says coming to town you owe me i need you for a job Oh, shit. Okay. I didn't realize. I forgot the need you for a job part. Super Yeah, suspicious. that is pretty sinister. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So Maisie and Bronwyn basically kind of spin out and just kind of go back over what they know and kind of theorize everything. Maisie's the one that comes up with blackmail because it does kind of sound a little bit blackmail-y. It um, super blackmail Yeah. But Bronwyn is kind of on the other side and, like, doesn't want to jump to conclusions yet. But, yeah, I think that's it, right? That's kind of the end there. Yeah. Yeah, that is it. Yeah, we will. I, like, just still can't stop thinking about where the dad was. I I wonder if it's going to be one of those things where, like, the dad was, like, telling him off, like, right before he got murdered. But it wasn't actually the dad that murdered him. You know, there was other mm-hmm. nefarious, yeah. nefarious dealings or something like that. We shall see. We will discover more clues in the next section Mm -hmm. yes yes we will 
Yes, indeed. So we're actually at the halfway point right now, you guys. Um, we are. Yeah, we will have two more uh, in this series, and then we will move on to another cozy mystery. Ah, oh, man, it's been so long since we picked a book. I'm not even sure how we're going to decide. <laughs> Maybe we should do a social media poll so everyone can help us out. Yeah. Well, I don't think the second book of this series is going to come out until next year so we right. might have to unfortunately take a little hiatus before we get another win mystery yeah but i'm sure we'll be able to find something good mm-hmm. um well oh my gosh this is also spooky halloween week so we hope you guys are all getting nice and spooked watching some spooky <sighs> shit reading spooky some shit. spooky shit yeah, I've been watching. I just watched The Haunting of Blind Manor, which I learned is actually based on a short story and a movie um, that I think I'm going to read. And The Haunting of Hill House last year was so good, too, which is also based on a short story. So if you are looking for, like, actual spooky Halloweeny things to read slash watch, those are some good ones. Those are on Netflix. Nice. Um, and, yeah, Julia's working on some Halloween costumes. We may or may not have a really fun actual halloween day event that we can let you know about this week i'll just say event yeah i'll just say that much and leave it at that event yes 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 wow Mm -hmm. clear my schedule (laughs) you better (laughs) (laughs) yeah last year i got exactly one trick-or-treater at my house so i my schedule is already clear. <laughs> well, yeah, COVID cleared you of that one trick-or-treater, I'm sure. <laughs> I mean, we'll see. I'm probably still going to have a bag of candy just in case because I don't want to be an asshole, but I also don't want to open the door to anyone. I know. Christine was actually just talking about that on and That's why we drink this week. I feel like they're like, she was listing a lot of solutions that people were coming up with, like slot, like PVC pipe and slides that they were going to like <laughs> shoot the candy down so that you stay six yeah. feet apart. I did say that, and um, yeah, I saw that online, and I also heard, I can't remember where, oh, I think it was in a staff meeting at my work, Um, people were saying, like, the most cities and, like, communities are trying to discourage anyone from, like, leaving candy out, Mm -hmm. because it encourages kids to trick-or-treat in groups and they don't want anyone in groups oh yeah that's smart yeah i've been seeing a lot of like out here i know there's like a drive-through like an official organization that's doing like a drive-through type halloween experience where you get candy like socially distanced and actually i saw that aaron farrow i think one of their kids preschools did a trunk or treat which i've heard of before but never really thought of but that sort of by its nature can be socially distanced you know if you're all in your yeah. own cars and kind of, you know, handing out candy in a different way. Yeah, it does. I mean, kids are still coming by, I think, in my experience with trunk or treats. Kids oh. still, like, come. So you're still, like, interacting with lots and lots of children. Oh, okay. But, yeah, I mean, this, the cars could be socially distanced. <laughs> <laughs> but the kids still have to go to them to get candy. Oh, I don't know why I assumed... The, like it was like a parade float where you were just like throwing candy out from your car <laughs> so that you weren't actually I mean, like near anyone oh maybe i don't know in my experience it's like cars parked in a parking lot and you like decorate them and then kids come by so they're not like oh. going to strangers doors 
I see. And so it's, I, I feel like that's usually like a church function. I feel like that's churches trying to be like, we don't want our kids going out to like strangers' houses getting who knows what in stuff so we're gonna have like a safe community event with just cars and that trucks could still spread covid <laughs> that could still spread covid yeah actually one of the neighborhoods um close to mine the like fancy ritzy neighborhood that's definitely not mine but next door mm-hmm. to mine <laughs> is um i saw on i think the next door app that they're like organizing <laughs> like a uh trick-or-treat like parade oh so they're getting families together and like they're parading everyone down the street so like they're making sure everyone like stays you know in a line six feet apart and it's like house to house you know so only like one family goes to one house at a time oh that's smart and i think yeah and i think that way they can like you know the families can kind of like stand at their door and like wave to people but like keep the candy bowl kind of like at you know in the sidewalk yeah that makes a lot of sense but well i don't i can imagine that's quite a bit of work and probably yeah. not able to happen everywhere yeah i feel like that's kind of you know sort of like we talked about before with amazon of like you know getting rid of Am- i have gotten rid of amazon but it you know it just took a little bit more planning of like, mm-hmm. oh, I'm going to build in more time to like send things from Etsy or, you know, other things like that. Um, I feel like it's kind of the same way with COVID is like, you know, there are safe ways to do things. It just takes more time and organization to like figure it all mm-hmm. out. So whatever you guys are doing for Halloween this year, we hope you have a great, great spooky and safe and COVID free time. And what else? Yeah. With the election coming up again, DM either of us if you not that we're experts, but we will happily Google anything for you. If you need help with voter resources in your area, hit us up and let us know. Yeah. Um, we know it's a really stressful time, so hopefully this uh, cozy mystery has warmed and spooked and delighted your mysterious senses. <gasps> oh, I just decided I want to get an ice cream cone costume for Chuni. <laughs> Inspired by Inspired by A Deadly Inside Scoop. You should make I'm it sure. if you Yeah. I'm not going to make it, but I'm oh, sure it exists. Damn it. Yeah, I'm sure it exists. We can we can find it. Actually we should go look for that now. <laughs> I'm literally Googling it on my phone. <laughs> Alright, well that and many more things in our next episode. So thank you guys for listening. Pet all of your kitties and spooky, fun, costume cloud pets for us. And we'll see you next time. We will see you in the next one. (laughs) All right. Bye. Bye.